0: Are you ready to attract your dream clients? Welcome to the Aligned Businesswoman Podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Ann Miller. This podcast is for female entrepreneurs looking for a simpler way to grow their business. Each week, I share simple, actionable steps you can use to build a profitable business that is aligned to your energy and without having to cold DM random strangers or hit up friends and family. I'm here to help you tap into your natural talents and find a joyful way of connecting on social media to confidently show up and grow your business.
1: On today's episode of the Aligned Businesswoman, I speak with sales coach Michelle Terpstra. Michelle worked for a Fortune 500 company and struggled to balance her drive for success and desire to control her own schedule and lifestyle. Now, instead of running around town, sales meeting to sales meeting, she has a booming online business that feels completely in alignment with her financial and lifestyle goals. She built her business quickly using her sales expertise, creativity, and power to connect and convert with her ideal clients. Michelle, welcome to the Aligned Businesswoman Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. You and I have gone, like, I guess, what? Where you go back a couple of years now, huh? I guess it's about like, two years. That
2: Yeah, about two years. You're just like such a
1: sunshine.
2: And I just love being in your world. And I'm so happy to be here.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you being here because I learned so much from you when we first started working together. And I've seen, I've watched you grow so fast and connect with so many amazing women. Like you're just like the leader of a, a huge circle. And so I'm so happy that you're here to chat with me about overcoming selling objections, because that is a major thing that keeps us back from growing and scaling our business. So tell me what is the biggest way to overcome selling objections?
2: Okay. So I'm going to take just like one little step back and talk about overcoming objections in general and how it's traditionally taught and why people hate it. So they don't do it and then they don't make sales. So that's like really important context for the conversation. So this is the deal is that Lots and lots of men and women do not want to participate in sales. They have this horrible relationship with sales somewhere back in the history of their life, they were taken advantage of, they felt manipulated, or, you know, they felt like guilty about a transaction or a a purchase that they made. And then they thought, oh, it must've been the sales process. All of these things contribute to our views on selling, right? And so when I say overcoming objections, a lot of times the first like internal gut reaction that most people have is like, I don't want to overcome objections. That means I'm salesy and I'm pushy and like I don't want to be that person. And I'm like, you're right. You don't want to be that person, but that's like old school sales and it doesn't even work anymore. Side so note, love to talk to anybody about that, but traditional selling, like you might make the train, you might make the sale, do the transaction. But I am going to tell you right now, you're going to have angry customers, angry clients, you're not going to get referrals, you're not going to build a community, because nobody likes to be sold to that way. So you might make the money, but you're not going to build the reputation. So it's like a really, really important piece of the puzzle, right? So let's make the money and build the reputation is what I like to say. So instead of forcing people into your programs, your service to buy your products to gain buy-in on your idea, like, and like really aggressively overcoming those objections, right? Like, let's... Use a softer, more elegant, like graceful way of overcoming objections. And I love what you're talking about a lot lately. It's so powerful. It's like listening to people and writing your copy around that so that when you do get in a sales conversation, it's a lot easier to sell to because you've handled so much of that in your marketing. So that's like a really, really important piece. And you can use this in your marketing too. This doesn't just have to be in a direct one-to-one sales conversation. So what I mean by overcoming objections by telling stories, Right. And client success stories is that you tell me how this feels. And I'll give you like an example. All right. So if someone is interested in working with me and they're like, well, will it work for me? Right. I don't know. Will this work for me? I could say, absolutely, I'm the expert. And if you don't buy it, then you are not investing in yourself. Right. Like that's such a masculine, like yucky energy. Like who the heck wants to buy from that person? Right. Okay. So the, instead of that, say, Great question, Vanessa. And you know what's super important to me is that you only say yes to working with me if you feel 100% confident that I can get you the results you want. So I wanna tell you a story, okay? Then you lead into a story that brings in the alignment so that what that person's looking for, okay? So for example, like if I was enrolling a business coach into my sales success lab, I would tell a story about how I recently helped a business coach get these results in her business, and I can do the same for you. And here are the three reasons why. That is so stinking powerful. And who wouldn't want to say yes to that? Like that is such a soft, graceful, beautiful way to overcome objections versus like strong arming them, making them feel like if they don't do it, they're horrible people. You're not investing in yourself. You're a hobbyist. Like that all feels horrible. And you know, as much as I do, it's used all of the time. Right. And so um, you can do this in your one to one sales conversations. Granted, if that's in DM or Voxer, which is, by the way, is like the hottest enrollment space right now. And I'm like obsessed with it. Um, And we'll come back to that in a second or, you know, Zoom discovery calls. Right. So like these three spaces, you can use what I just said right now. But You also can go live with this strategy right? And I love what you're talking about right now is like the social listening. Um, What's the beautiful wording that you're using right now in front of rapport? What is it called?
1: Radiant rapport.
2: Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Right? And so um, radiant rapport, like everything that everyone's learning from you right now, like just add in some success stories to it too, and you'll have fun with it. And so when you go live, like if you're listening to the objections people are having, like how can you overcome those? Um, When you're writing your content, like integrate a story into it, right? And I think that it's just so powerful and it's beautiful and it's graceful and it's confident. And it's all of these things that I feel like most people in our industry want to feel when they're selling. Mm.
1: I love that. This excites me because I I think of like what I'm doing right now, it's a lot of subconscious marketing and exactly what you said is subconscious selling. Because when you tell stories, people take every, well, the unconscious mind takes everything personal. So when you tell that success story, that person's literally imagining themselves in that person's shoes. And so that is so powerful. It's like almost like you have a soul to soul connection with like a deeper connection without really realizing it. I love that. That's amazing.
2: Yes, yes, yes. And it's like so beautiful and it feels good. And like, I feel like we are part of a revolution right now, like a marketing and sales revolution. And I'm not sure if you feel that way or not, but I do. And I feel like there will be people who will be remembered at this stage, this revolution. There will also be people that won't be remembered. And I really, really encourage people to just lock in their authentic, soulful selling spirit and get the help that they need or they're in their marketing or their sales or whatever it is to come across that way. Because we are all hugely desiring human connection right now at a level that's never been there before. And that's a huge amount of responsibility if you're going to sell someone something. So take that seriously, lock in your ethical
1: ethical aligned selling techniques and go make the impact that you're looking to make. I love that. So one of the objections that I would have myself or or hold back that I would have, and I think this goes back to like very masculine selling, was that if I was not persistent, I was weak. So what would you say to someone that feels that way? They're like, oh, but I, I have to be persistent. For me, I'm like, hey, if you want it, you want it. Like I just, I don't chase people. I don't like chasing people. I feel like I chase people. Like I chase boys in my in my like teenage years. I don't want to do that. They didn't feel good, you know? So like, what would you say to someone that has that mindset of like, oh, I'm weak if I don't pursue them harder? Yes.
2: Okay. So I need to remember what the exact That is,
1: Oh man, I wish I had the stat in front of me
2: right now. I want to say, don't quote me people, but it's like pretty accurate right now. But I was reading an article the other day that 60% of people, um, and this was, uh, basically B2B salespeople. So they did like this study on like, you know, professional salespeople that 60% of professional salespeople don't follow up. Okay. Don't follow up. And when I hear persistence, What I'm hearing from you is likely like a follow-up sequence or a cycle or following up in the DM, checking in on people. In my mind, that's where I'm going. Am I going the right direction for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So 60% of professional salespeople are not following up. So what I'm saying is like entrepreneurs, like you're not alone. Also, the professionals don't want to be doing it either, right? Clearly. But this is the thing. Did you know that 80% of sales are made in the follow-up? Okay. So that was also a stat. Now that's B2B, right? So that's like a slightly, because no one's doing these statistical analysis in like online entrepreneurship, right? So, but it's still really valuable information. And what I mean by follow-up in our world, it could be like someone read a piece of content. That's your first interaction. So that follow-up could simply just be like, you know, the sales conversation you have later. I'm not necessarily saying you book the sales call and then you follow up with them seven times. I believe that if you book the sales call, it should close then or one simple follow-up or something went wrong on the sales call. Okay, that's my belief in our particular industry. And so when you think about it, if you're, let's just say that statistic, that 80% is like pretty accurate in terms of when people first see your content or you reach out to them in DMs, I want you to think about and reframe like, okay, so if most of the sales are made in the follow-up, then A, what am I missing out on? And B, who am I not helping? So taking yourself and how you feel about follow-up out of the equation and seriously just thinking about the other person is personally what gets me to follow up. And I think a lot of people to follow up, right? Like I have interactions with people that aren't sales conversations and I know they need my help and I'll watch them struggle. I'll watch them like every month say they miss their number or I'll see them post in a group that says like, hey, this discovery call is not going well or this or that. And I mean, I could sit there and be like, well, do I want to be persistent or do I want them like just to come to me? And honestly, like the come to me mode, like it's really important you have powerful content. It's really powerful i'm not going to deny that but what happens is there's a lot of content a lot of people are writing a lot of good content so the person who then has the intuition the heart's desire to go follow up and actually like have a dm conversation or book a discovery call that person's going to get it that person's going to make the sales that person's going to make more impact right so it's all a holistic marketing and sales like uh, environment So your copy is really important. Your sales conversations are really important and your follow-up. So it's really a mental reframe around what follow-up looks like. And it also means you're not like, hey, girling in your follow-up, right? Cause that is really obnoxious. I actually just had, like, I don't have very many bad sales experiences, like luckily, but I recently bought a product from someone and her like, whole enrollment process and her buying process. And like what she said to me after the transaction, I'm like going to document it all and make like a big old video about it because it was literally like horrendous. I felt so like preyed on. It was crazy. And she's being taught it because it's a very systematic approach. So, you know, there's things, these things still happen, right? So I understand why sales gets a bad route, but that's okay. So instead of feeling like you are being persistent and annoying, like if you reframe to, if I don't do this, someone else will, and someone else gets to make the impact, someone else gets to help that person. And you know what, if a bunch of other people are feeling like they're not going to follow up either, then this person's just left to remain in the current state. Mm -hmm. So when we think about others, and then we authentically reach back out versus like, you know, doing anything hey girly, then I have a feeling that you won't feel that way anymore. Yeah,
1: like I think what it was in the past is that if I wasn't persistent, then I was bad at something. But I'm like, no, I just, I don't want, I I guess it was pushy. I don't want to be pushy. You know, I'm like the people, if I give them the right information, and I have that consistent rapport, it will happen when it happens, you know, And there's other people that I could help as well. I will say you are right on that though. But wait, I want to follow up on that because you are totally
2: right. And I will tell you that it's a desperate energy. So what you just said was really powerful and I want to expand on that. So just like dating, you used the dating analogy earlier. So what you're saying is like dating. So like if you're only dating one person, then you're going to be more annoying generally
1: because that's the only person
2: you have to talk to, right? (laughs) So if you're dating a whole bunch of people... Then like your energy is high and it's diversified and you're not nagging people and people will like make decisions when it's ready. And like, so anyway, I had to kind of like talk about that at the end because it pulls the whole dating thing back together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And that's how I see it too. It's like, just let it be easy. You know, like you say, like, you know, let things be easy. And I think that sometimes we try too hard to grip onto outcomes and we just make it all so much harder. Okay, right, So let's talk about personality strikes and you have a quiz going on. So tell me about that. Yes.
2: Okay. So last year I was like sitting there and I was thinking, you know what? Why does everybody think they have to change to be good at sales? Like I- that bothers me. Like you don't have to change to be good at, at sales, but you do need to use your personality strength to be better at sales, if that makes sense, right? So introverts, extroverts, omniverts, any kind of vert you wanna be, can be successful at sales, right? So I used personality sales for like a DISC assessment and, qu- and created a quadrant of four different types of personalities. And the cool thing is, is that when you take the quiz, it tells you what your personality strength is, and then it tells you some language you can use in your sales conversations to feel aligned with asking for the sale and following up based on your personality. So it's really, really fun. It's totally free. The link will be here. Um, but you can also go to com forward slash quiz and take it. It's super short. It's really fun. And the reason why I did that is I wanted people to feel like, wow, like I can do this. Like I can be me, but I just have to be like a really on point me, right? Like I need to follow the logic of the sales and I need to
1: understand frameworks and all of these things, but you're not
2: changing, right? You're just amplifying yourself.
1: I love that. I love that. So um, was there anything else that you would like to touch on before we wrap up? Um, No, I think that is enough for everyone to digest, (laughs) right? So
2: many goodies. And, um, I would just love to invite anybody listening to come hang out in my group, which is from hello to close. The link will be in the notes as well. I have tons of free training in there. Plus it's high vibe and it's one of the Facebook groups that's still surviving and thriving. So come and hang
1: out. Ah, I love that. Thank you so much for your time and your energy. I love having you here and I will see you inside your group. All right. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thanks.
0: Thank you for joining me this week. To view the complete show notes and any links mentioned in today's episode, visit vanessaannmiller.com forward slash podcast. That's also where you can get free access to the Empowerment Activation Masterclass. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can receive new episodes right when they're released. Thank you again for joining me, Vanessa
1: Ann Miller, in this episode of The Aligned Businesswoman.